Welcome to another episode of our Founders Podcast. In this show where I interview proven founders and industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights to help you build, launch, and grow your business, we'll be talking with Alex, who is a co-founder of Share With Marvin. Uh, Alex Fetwell, the CEO of Share With Marvin, a social media management SaaS startup redefining the digital landscape. Um, as a father of nine, Alex blends personal insights with a background in global design and fintech, partnered with Mike Blameris, a tech guru with the history of answer um, consulting and, and their accidental venture, Marvin emerged from a client project at Kune Consulting. Uh, Marvin also simplifies the social media management, allowing businesses to write once and publish across all the platforms. And Alex and Mike uh, collaboratively nearly eight years bring a unique synergy to their startup. And this platform not only ensures content compliance, but also offers analytics for comprehensive performance and insight. So I hope you enjoy the show. Alex, welcome to the show. Hi, Ash. Thanks for having me. Great. Do you have a favorite quote or something which inspires you? Would you like to share with us? Can I swear? Shit happens. <laughs> we're all, we're, have, we're all, no worries. Just have to roll with it, as I suppose yeah. is, is where, you know, it happens. And that's largely how we work. You know, we work in the agile way uh, to, to basically just deal with whatever life throws at you. Um, yeah. yeah and yeah i like that simple straightforward and you just have to go with i mean as a founder being in founders uh shoes you have to make sure that you not just solve the problems but also understand them deep enough that you're capable enough to you know split them into small chunks and then resolve them one by one well great so tell us about share with marvin and what does the product do what who is it for and what's the main problem you're helping to solve so the main problem that we're solving at the moment is really the the lack of time that people have to create social media content you know there's never growing list of social media platforms that are out there they've all got different rules they've all got different content that they can support character limits all this type of thing and you know particularly as a, a a founder myself uh, i run a lot of our social media content it takes a lot of time to create that content out there and what marvin does is it really automates that um that creation of the content um mm -hmm. via what we're trying to achieve a sort of write once publish many approach so you can create a single piece of content and then uh currently in a, a manual manner you can create different versions in there but eventually as we integrate the ai into uh, the platform as well it will take care of that so the first feature, for example, that we're going to add will be around uh, the use of Twitter, and it will be able to take long-form content that you might create for something like LinkedIn, and mm -hmm. then it will automatically summarize that into a tweet for you and link it through to your LinkedIn content. So it's about putting that content creation out on an autopilot to save you time. Mm -hmm. And where Marvin really operates is that above the funnel activity. So it's not you know, it's not a prospecting thing uh, once you get into, you know, the, the sales cycles and so on. It's actually just getting your word out there. And mm. it supports a whole raft of social media platforms. I, I think we've got nine in there at the moment that we currently support. The intention is that we'll add at least another 10 within the next uh, 18 months. 
Um, Mar Marvin has, has been built um, really to to support a whole range of businesses. You know, at the mm. moment, if we look at what we're building as we we move towards, um, you know, hopefully getting some seed funding, and then towards a Series A, we're focusing purely on the UK market for the mm. SME sector. Uh, and it's looking at the challenges in there that they've got around creating content. Um, and in, in terms of the personas we've got, you know, we've got sort of single founders, small businesses, and also we've got an, another persona in there around the types of businesses that might be out on the road. So, you know, your, your tradesmen, um, you know, landscape gardeners, for example, where they've mm. gone, they've done a fantastic job and they want to be able to show their uh, their skills and, and what they've achieved to to prospective new clients. So we've actually developed a mobile app alongside that will that will enable them to, in the same way as you can by the desktop, to actually just add those images, send it out to social media and yeah. uh, and you know connect with more potential customers. Um, in, in, so go on, go on, Ash. Yeah, no, I, I was just wondering when you mentioned that if you're creating a post which is um, either for LinkedIn or, or Instagram and then Marvin automatically understands the gist of it and then potentially creates something which fits into the terms and guidelines of usage of Twitter or X, you know, and then put that piece of content into X. I'm just thinking that loud in my head that it takes me so much time to do that manually and marvin is doing all on autopilot so that's that's wonderful yeah. for me so so we've got the business rules in there already so as yeah. we add each platform you know linkedin facebook whatever we add mm. in the background all the rules that are associated with that in terms of you know character limits does it require an image what size images will it support if it's a video mm. how big can the video be all these types of things so all of those rules are coded up within marvin and mm. as you go through and you create your content it will automatically check against what you've added and you're proposing to post and if it's not suitable then it will switch that channel off and say so you can't use it for that particular content that you've created. So the, the mm. easiest one that we always use when we're explaining to people about how this works is, for example, the, the Twitter example, where you've got mm. a 280 character limit in place. Once you go over 280 characters, it ceases to be able to support Twitter within that version. Mm. Now, what we've also built in there is, is what we describe as alternate versions. So it has the same intent that you're writing out about, but mm. it has it, it's different content. So I might create a tweet that is, you know, within the 280 characters that's on the same topic as my long form content. And it's it's within there and it's all published again as part of that uh, piece of work, uh, that, that piece of content that's going out. Now, mm. the reason that we've done that is as we go down the line and we start to build out our ana analytics, then you'll be able to look at the um, total sort of relative and um, uh, relational impact of your post. So you can see how did that long form content behave? How did the Twitter content behave? How did your Instagram content behave and so on? And how did it all come together in terms of the, the outreach? Mm. And that then over time will then start to factor into 
the the AI content that we'll then be producing. So it will, you know, be aware of what's going on 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 LinkedIn for you, for example. So which of your hashtags perform best? Which of your words which, does it perform best with an image? And it will uh, put all of that content on autopilot. Now that's indeed that's way down the line, but at the moment we're focusing on the the creation aspect and building that out so that we can start to get the body of content that's in there. And we've we've laid the foundations in the background so that as posts are created, we can actually start to suck in those analytics over time and start to build that out in the background as well. Got it, got it. And and I would love to understand more about the features and how it could help somebody who is just starting up or somebody who already have a brand present um, on the social media, different social media platforms, or someone who a, who has an idea about it or you know want to grow more. But before we, we talk about that, let's talk about where the story begins. Where did the idea for Share With Marmin came from? So I'd love to take full credit for the, the idea. Uh, but it actually came about as a result of a client that we're working for um, who who wanted a database. That was all they originally wanted to actually create their social media content into. But they weren't interested in the actual publishing or anything like that. They intended to actually take it and, and publish it out themselves and handle all that. And when Mike and I looked at it, we said, well, this can be so much more. You know, it's not just a database. If we've got all that content, we can do all these clever things with it that we've got on our roadmap. So uh, when we um, responded to the request for that, um, that quote, we actually said, well, look, we can build this as a SaaS for you in partnership and you know we we will retain those rights over the the code obviously you get a, a significant discount and we'll build it out and they they love that as an idea you know we're we're doing it on a very cost-effective basis for them they get access to our development team and we get access to uh you know well the ability to build out this business um mm. the which you know we've we've done a number of months of development now with them um and that's been incredibly successful you know the, we're we're sort of super agile you know we gave the client a working version within six weeks of getting the project brief you know wow. from literally yeah. no code written to mm. here's the first version that's starting to implement the security and things like that and and we now deliver every two weeks uh, we do a sprint demo back to them. We show what features we've added and we work with them collaboratively to produce a roadmap. Now, obviously, mm -hmm. their funding in a lot of ways constrains what we can do because, you know, we've got a bigger book of things that we would like to spend on. Um, so that's one of the reasons that we're now starting to look at raising investment against the business as well that will sort of in increase the throughput of what we can do. Uh, and and add some of the other features that we'd like to prioritize over some of the things that they're currently focusing on. But yeah, it's, it's it, I would love to say it was deliberate and we set out when Mike and I sat down to to actually create this as a business. But it was it was one of those this is you know right place right time opportunities. We we can make this work, and you know the stars aligned and and we set off down that road. And, and this this is the beauty, isn't it? This is like the one of the best ideal scenarios if you're a founder and if you already have a customer who is mm -hmm. willing to you know pay you for um, X Y Z and then you know, willing to be a partner with you for development of something which you would like to develop in parallel. 
and that's fantastic i mean like uh, i have interviewed more than 30 plus founders on the show and very few of them said that we had uh, customers on the first day of our launch whereas in your case you already had a customer before you even you know conceived the idea yeah. to the basics yeah so absolutely you know and and they're going to bring a a number you know they're a fairly large multinational company that we're working with mm. um and they're going to bring a significant number of users onto the platform from the outset that they can start out with so that you know that gives us that boost and obviously in terms of when we're building the software out we're getting that real time um, feedback from customers that's so important you know they're saying yes we like this no we don't like this and it gives us that ability to iterate so quickly through and and solve real problems in there um mm. so you know it's, it's been a fantastic um way to to build the product out and you know and strongly urge people if, if they can get into these types of partnerships that actually you know it can be beneficial for for everyone Great, great. And and when when you had this epiphany, did you did you? I'm sure you looked into the market and you looked uh, around at what there are the products and what what was going on at that time and what did you see from your research that encouraged you to move forward with this idea? So we we kind of came together. Um, our, our client that we got had already done a significant amount of research, which was why they were looking at building out um and they had a number of gaps that they were looking for one was the uh the number of channels that a lot of the tools that are out there in the market support so they in particular want to break into uh, the asian market um and you know some of the social networks that are really popular over there mainstream tools such as hootsuite and so on don't support that currently so you know this this was a big thing they also want to do an integration with their crm system and be able to um sort of assimilate that that data that's coming through from the the content into their crm and then use that for you know email publishing uh website content creation this type of thing which none of the tools in the market do so these were the two big drivers that they had um what we we'd already been looking as well for our other business around uh social media tools to see how we could look to boost our own uh presence out there and the big thing that we found is that they all replicate the same problem they all don't deal with this right once approach they all make you write a post for each different content that you're going to go out to mm. and that doesn't save you any time so you end up paying this subscription fee for the sort of feel good factor that I'm doing it in a tool. But if you look at the um, the sort of stats that are out there, most people aren't using social media tools at the moment anyway. They do them directly into the platform. So they'll write on LinkedIn, they'll write on Facebook, they'll write on Twitter because, you know, the native editing tools are all free. So mm. there's no point for you to go and pay for these things to to you know get no benefit and and that's where we then started to see that we could be a bit different because we actually do feel that we offer a, a real sort of game-changing value add in this space in that you can write a single piece of content that then can go out to however many channels you want to publish it out to and that really is then a, a compelling reason for people to to want to look at marvin on mm. top of that what we also noticed when we started to research them was that a lot of them are really, really expensive. 
you know, and that's sort of prohibitively expensive for smaller businesses that are starting out there. Now, our, mm. our entry level plan only comes in at £35 a month, which, mm. you know, the amount of time that we're saving and the amount of additional content that you can get out there with the with such a, a small subscription, we think is really good value for money. Mm. Um, but a lot of these businesses, because they they don't see that they've got to the, the, the sort of mass market numbers that are, are possible, they're, they're having to, you know, charge fairly hefty revenue fees, uh, sorry, subscription fees in there, subscription, yeah. uh, which, is, which is not great. Um, you know, most of these tools have, you know, if you look at Hootsuite, Hootsuite's got about 15 million users globally. Mm. which is you know an enormous base they blow everything out of the water they're they're almost uh i think they're probably about the the same number as most of the top 50 tools combined in terms of user base mm. so you know, they've really corn cornered the market but they were founded in 2008 and if you look back at how many social networks were around in 2008 that people were using with any sort of regularity it was just a handful yeah and yeah. You know, what they've then done is they've replicated sort of cookie cutter style, right? New social networks come on, right? We'll bolt them on, right? Mm. Okay. And they've just bolted them on and, and solved the problem in the way that they were doing. But now when you've got, God knows, I mean, there's, you know, probably 15, 20 that are really popular in the UK alone. Mm. That, you know, that type of replicating the content and wasting your time creating it in that space is, is just an enormous amount of time to spend, which is why we then thought, well, we can tackle this differently. And mm. that that really then came about for, right from the start, even when we um, started to put together the architecture for the product, we said, well, this has to support multiple channels from the outset. Mm. You know, we have to make it so that it's really quick to plug them in. It has to be really simple um, to configure them for for users. And, you know, we feel that we've achieved that. But the, the benefit is now we can actually add a new social network in about two weeks. So if, you know, you look, you look back at like TikTok when that blew up, for example, you know, particularly off the back of the pandemic, for the majority of tools that are out there to be able to then support this publishing via their framework, there was a significant undertaking. Whereas for us, it's integrated into this multi-channel framework, add in the business rules that go with it, and you know, you're know you away and we can publish out to it provided the API is available. So we've, you know, we've really sort of future-proofed the solution that we've put together in, in such a way that you know, as these new networks come along, and they will, you know, you look at threads that came about off the uh, back of Twitter and things like that. Yeah, yeah. People are always looking for new ways to to engage with people in a social media manner. Mm. And we've, we've sort of future-proofed ourselves to do that, that provided there's an API, you know, we can actually integrate with it. Awesome, awesome. And, and I would love to talk more about how Marvin is different from other social media automation or or in other words uh, um, tools which help businesses or influencers to increase their influence but before heading into that would you i i would like can, can you take us back to your roots and share with our listeners about your upbringing childhood how did your early experiences shape your journey and eventually led you to become a entrepreneur 
you are today. For example, I'm, what not, sure <laughs> I'm not sure it did. I, I didn't do anything in this space when I, I was a kid. Oh, I, okay. was, I always thought I was going to be a footballer. Um, you know, I, I was on um, the uh, schoolboy forms at my uh, local professional club. You know, I, mm -hmm. I was going down that route. Um, and then I picked up a few injuries. I broke my leg at 19, um, which I you know, quite openly didn't deal with very well. Um, it was quite a nasty break and, and didn't really cope with it. And it, it sort of spoiled my university in many ways. I, you know, I was doing a maths degree because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And, um, and then sort of stumbled into my, my first job was actually as um, an actuarial student. You know, I was good at maths. They earn a lot of money. This seemed like quite a good career to go into. Um, and uh, very quickly, I learned that I, I hated that. You know, the, the sort of structure, the continuing to yeah. study, this sort of um, way of working didn't really work for me. And I ended up joining a, a small, um, I suppose you class them as a scale up these days in, in Leeds that was... Um, again, in the actuarial space, but they had a lot of um, systems involvement. So they built their own calculation systems, they built their own databases and things like that. And that really got me into programming and uh, you know development and business analysis and these types of things that I've then focused on through, through my career. And mm -hmm. gradually I drifted away from the actuarial work. I then did more and more BA work and eventually moved into the, the consulting space. And, you know, I've, I've done that for not too long now, probably about 15 or so years, um, maybe a bit longer, actually, getting old. Um, and for the for the last eight, I actually worked uh, in you know, a couple of consulting roles in there and also running a, a design team globally. So, you know, I'm, I'm used to building products, um, but that was where I met Mike. And, you know, we, we've been friends for about coming up eight years now. Um, both from Yorkshire, we were both in London at the time. Um, mm. you know, we, you know, we we struck off a, a connection. We we've gotten really well. You know, we stayed in touch after I left the company that we were working through together, and you know, we started to then build uh, our own consulting and software business, which is mm. you know the the sort of the the route into Marvin. Um, but that's really the background. You know, I didn't do computer science or anything like that when I, I was at school. It, it was, you know, maths, physics, chemistry. You know, I did the, the ones that interested me, but, you know, computers kind of stumbled in through, through the course of a career. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and talking about Mike, did, did you have any idea about how, how did he had any influences from his, uh, you know, childhood for being an entrepreneur or... Um, um yeah so well certainly on the tech side you know mike has has been more structured you know he's worked in in technical and development roles and things like that and technical consultancy mm -hmm. so a lot of the role uh, a lot of the um input that he brings from that technical side or, or, you know putting the architecture together in that cto role he mm -hmm. he's been doing that for you know a very very long time he's worked at significant enterprise scale so mm -hmm. you know he knows what we're shooting for um i suppose in terms of the entrepreneurial routes mike's a massive risk taker you know mm. he he climbs uh i think he's due to row the atlantic at some point you know he's he's wow. a massive 
he's a massive risk taker. Uh, if you know, if anybody ends up talking to him, ask him about his uh, love for helicopters and getting rescued off a mountain by one. Um, oh, so, yeah. so you know, he he's in that space. I've always. Um, I've always wanted to do things differently. I like to solve problems in a different way. So I suppose that's probably the the natural entrepreneurial side of me that, you know, I, it, it's solving things differently. Now, I, I'm mm-hmm. not conventional. You know, as you said at the outset, I've got nine children. Not many people, you know, want to take on that sort of um, role and, and you know, responsibility. So I'm, you know, I'm not conventional, but it, it all sort of brings together in that melting pot how I, I sort of deal with things. Awesome, awesome. And and understanding more about the product, should we should we take a hypothetical situation? Because a lot of listeners to our podcast is first-time founders. Some people who are either working on some side hustles, people who are already got some funding, people who are attending some accelerator programs in London, et cetera, et cetera. And what I think how we could relate to them is by providing them this kind of a use case. Let's say, for example, there is a founder who started you, you started a startup, and now that founder wants to promote or market or educate the audience on different social media platform. Uh, so he was searching online and he stumbled upon Marvin. So how does Marvin will help that founder from start to end? And then how is it different from other alternatives available online um, so that we can give them an idea and then potentially bring them on Marvin? So I think I'll answer the second part first in terms of your questions. How is it different? Well, the difference is really around that write once and publish many. So the 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 other tools that are out there that you'll come across they effectively ask you to to do the hard work yourself Mm. you know you've got to stumble through find out you know character limits all these types of things and and basically create that content and run into what the brick walls of you know that image won't work um you know it's too many characters these types of things so marvin's more proactive than that Mm. It, it has those rules codified and as you create your content, it automatically monitors it for you. So it tells you whether you can write to that platform or not with what you've written. Mm. And you know, as soon as you breach a particular rule, so you know, going back to the Twitter example, on the 281st character, Twitter channels that you have within your, uh, your Marvin repository, it gets switched off. You can't publish that content to it because it's too long to to go to that you know if elon is listening it would be fantastic if he could extend the api to support the premium accounts because at the Mm. moment we can't do that we've got the ability to add the premium accounts but the extended character limits that come with those we can't do that because twitter's own api doesn't support that at the minute Ah, so so that's really quite frustrating big plug if elon's a massive subscriber to your uh, podcast then Mm. that'd be great if he could uh, extend that out so so that's how we're we're different in mm. terms I, i'm of gonna the, cut, i'm gonna cut this uh, bit and put it on x and i'm gonna tag elon on it nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice and then when he shuts our account down then that's all my fault so um <laughs> in in terms of your your founders and how they use it mm. really what we're saying is 
the best way to to get your business out there is to create content you know people mm -hmm. stumble upon content you know we've been um we, we've been starting to look at TikTok, for example mm. and the the level of views and engagement that you get on a channel like TikTok on content that you just wouldn't expect is is just phenomenal so mm. you know in this world now one of the best things that you can do as a business is get yourself you know sort of elbows out get to the front of the queue and make your make people aware of your business even if it's just that they know you're out there you know you don't even have to be on the cell it's just you know this is what we do and people have got that awareness so that then when they are facing that challenge um you know they it, it can then they then know to start to look for you and they can come to you so that all takes time and as you know new founders if you're trying to fight on three four five however many social media networks that are out there mm. that's that's a significant amount of time when you're you're doing everything in your business now what we've got in in marvin and you know the other tools out there have got this type of functionality but you've got to write it multiple times is we've got things like scheduling tools so mm. you you know if you've got a quiet time on a sunday evening you can actually go in there and you can go line up all your content you can get all that created and you can have that drip feed out to your audience across the week Hmm. we've got we've got a recurring tool so if you've got um say promotions that you want to push out every day onto twitter or you might have um you know brochures about your business or you know anything that you might want to post out to customers multiple times just to hmm. keep that at the forefront of their mind you, we've got this recurring functionality that you can put in and you can set up a schedule for however you want to push that content out so hmm. it's all around that saving time is is where we're at you know it's it's right once so that saves you time and then hmm. use our tools to achieve even more time savings and and we will actually increase that as we go so you know i've talked about the auto creation of the twitter uh tweets off of long form content things like that we will have ai in there um we're starting over the next few weeks to integrate um chat gpt prompting directly into marvin so that you can just go in and you know give me an article or give me a post about this and it will create the body straight into Marvin for you. Because mm -hmm. what we found is that a number of our users are using chat GPT and they're, they're going, give me this content, copy paste, and they're copying it into Marvin. Well, with a, a relatively few lines of code, we can actually do that. And you can do that directly into Marvin. Instantly. Yeah. And, and it, you know, and it saves you seconds here and there. But if you're a founder, that's a phenomenal thing just saving all those bits of time you add that up over a week and actually it means that you can do more with your business and hopefully capitalize on the business that you generate off the back of being more prominent oh definitely i mean i i, I spent so much time on creating reels and instagram posts and linkedin posts individually on canva you know i i, I do pay for canva also to get the you know pro version um features but then it takes so much time for me to create it there and then individually pick it up put it on the yeah. schedule for all the platform so you know it, it's straightforward it's a lot of value for me so i can definitely definitely uh, see the value here so okay sorry so just on that point 
So I'm glad you mentioned Canva because that's actually on our roadmap as well. So this is another piece of feedback that we've had that, uh -huh. you know, that a lot of businesses are creating content directly into Canva. So mm -hmm. over the next couple of iterations, we're hoping to integrate Canva directly in as well so that oh, you nice. can create you can create Canva content that would then feed through into Marvin and then would be able to leverage our publishing framework. So, you know, all of these things that businesses are doing, we're seeing Marvin as a place that actually joins all that up and, you know, just saves time. Oh, indeed. That would be great. You know, imagine every morning I'm logging into Marvin account. I am creating the graphics on the Marvin with Canva integration. I'm creating all the content in terms of text with the help of chat GPT on the Marvin. Potentially, I'm uploading some videos. Uh, adding captions and everything on Marving and then literally click a button with schedule and that that's my week long schedule is done. Yeah. It's amazing. That, that, that's essentially where we're aiming for. And, you know, down the line, you know, we've mm -hmm. got roadmap items around uh, AI image generation. So we want to be able to plug that in. We've already developed an integration framework that will allow things like, uh, you know, for example, shutter stock, um, you know, if you've got a Shutterstock account and you want to bring those images in, we're starting to look at how we can access those more readily within Marvin so that you can bring those in again, saving time. Um, mm. You know, we've got the uh, GIF libraries that we're integrating at the moment because obviously GIFs are really popular in terms of social media Definitely. content. So, so all of these things that businesses want to do, we're looking to bring them in there. And because we have this real sort of agile way of delivery as we get customer feedback we're then factoring that into what we're then building out and, mm. and starting to develop the things that businesses want so one thing i wanted to wanted to understand is i understood that there's a lot of uh, features around text and images how does marvin deals with media content especially with videos and what kind of features right now it offers and what is in the pipeline? So videos at, at the moment is probably one of the least developed areas, if I'm honest. Um, we have the ability to add videos in there and it will support them you know, publishing out so we can publish to TikTok, for example, um, with the videos that are in there. Um, down the line, in terms of roadmap, we've got YouTube integration directly, and we've got YouTube uh, Shorts integration that we'll be supporting as well. There on on the uh, twelve month roadmap, adding in there. Um, in terms of the tooling that we'll add, that remains to be seen. You know, we want to take feedback from customers. You know, if you look at TikTok, for example, with the the tools that are in there, do we want to replicate that content, or is it actually better to say, well, if you're doing these things in TikTok? Are we mm. better taking that somehow and giving you easy access to that video that then means that you can send that out to your other social media channels? And we we haven't got that fully worked out, being completely honest at the moment. It's, we're wanting to see how customers um, actually use the platform before we mm. add these things in. But the, the general sort of premise is that if we can save you time, we will within Marvin and we will allow it to go out to all your social channels that are supported. That's, that's sort of the, the vision that we've got of, of how we're delivering it. Okay, okay. So so in terms of the product itself then, how far you are with, uh, let's say, 
how far you are with your MVP or has it already been done? Do you have any customers in the pipeline ex other than, you know, the, the sponsored customer you had before? And where you are, I mean, I understand that it, from the team size, you, you're just yourself and Mike, right? Or you have more? more no, no, we've got that. We, no, we've got a dev team as well. Okay. So All we, right. So we, we're just, on, I think we're just at 10 people now that are working on this globally. Um, mm -hmm. in, in terms of the journey, we've got a, what is what we consider sort of a true MVP now probably a little bit mm -hmm. richer than a, an MVP. So we've got nine channels in there. You can publish out to all of those channels. We've got mm -hmm. the business rules for them. We can you know, publish, schedule, recurring, all this type of functionality that's in there. We've got repost, we've got delete, we've got um, re uh, cloning articles so that you can you know, reuse content. So we've, we've got the, the basics of what a business would use yeah. and I've been dog fooding that myself. So I use that now for doing all of our social media content. Um, and that's that's been a massive time saver for me. In mm -hmm. terms of number of clients, um, we're hoping that we might just tip over 50 users by the end of the year uh, mm -hmm. with the rate that we're acquiring them. So that would be good. You know, We are an early stage startup and we're recognizing that. So at the moment, we're not focusing on revenue generation which you know, many people will go, that sounds crazy. Um, <laughs> but actually, it's more important for us at the moment to get the feedback, understand what customers really want, and get that true market fit of the product. So mm. you know, for example, at the moment, we've got um, a promotion that's running that says, right, OK, well, if you want to use Marvin, you can have it free until the end of March. We might mm. choose to extend that. But at the moment, there's absolutely no charge, no restriction on any of the functionality that's out there. You can, you know, can get an account from us and and start using marvin and tell us what you like tell us what you don't like um so that's that's the focus at the moment obviously once we um get funded fingers crossed any vcs or angels listening we'd love a chat um then it becomes a different question because the, you know there has that pressure on there but at the moment it for us it's really about getting that market fit and mm. getting something that really solves business problems and you know we we're pleased with that we've, we've got something at the moment that does solve a problem it's mm. it solves that that time crunch that certainly founders are going to face awesome okay great stuff so we have the we have the minimum viable product you're looking for some feedback from the end customers at the moment you have a good um uh, you know you have a number of developers working on the product etc so Tell us more about, um, obviously, once you have more users, you have more feedback, you will be uh, you know, reflecting or addressing these feedbacks and maybe potentially creating more features, adding more uh, you know, level of uh, potentially security, but as well as more uh, robust features. But what currently you have coming um, in Marvin as features which is already there, already approved in your product backlog? So in terms of what we're building out at the moment, um, we run we run roughly to sort of a 12-week plan, mm -hmm. broad, broadly, of things that are committed. So we have a, an absolute commitment over a two-week sprint. So the mm. work that's going in there, um, we, we commit to that and then 
12 weeks we're sort of loosely this is what we'll do beyond that it's who knows it's down to absolute prioritization um in terms of what we've got in there at the moment we're bringing another channel online so um wechat will be online very soon so that mm -hmm. will start to tap into the asian market um what else have we got we've got the start of the ai work so we've got natural language prompting for uh titles and body using chat gpt Mm -hmm. um we've got some work around url shortening so that uh you know character saving things like that so that can all be done in there we're starting mm -hmm. to work on the auto creation of the twitter versions that will be in there um we've had some feedback around um previewing of links so mm -hmm. you'll see like you know if you use like the, the twitter app for example yeah. you post a link in there and you get a preview so that yeah, will be added yeah so we're we'll be adding the the link preview in there um i think that's going in this this iteration actually um mm -hmm. and uh and then beyond that uh we're continuing to build out the mobile app so we've i think we've only done about i'm gonna say about six weeks worth of work mm -hmm. on the mobile app so far but we've already got that up and running you know i've got the mobile app on my phone it supports ios it supports android um mm -hmm. so there'll be some work going into that um to continue to build that out um as well will it be available will it be available for users to try it on their phones uh so at the moment it's not in the app stores we haven't submitted so yes users can use it but at the moment it's a case of sending the apks out or we deploy it via test flight to uh, test flight. users um as early stage users mm -hmm. on there but we're just about at the stage now that we will be submitting that into app stores as well um you know which you know i look at the dev team and i think well you've done six weeks worth of work on this and we've got a mobile app that is doing everything that it's doing and you've built mm -hmm. it in six weeks and you know that that makes me incredibly proud of a team that have been able to achieve that but it's it's a function of the um the way that the product's been architected so you know we always knew that we wanted to have a mobile app in there so we built the apis that would support it so it's you know it's all been built in a way that it will scale to hopefully very very successful levels um mm -hmm. and you know we're starting to already reap the rewards of that you know, i said about the the channels for example we can add a genuinely add a channel in about two weeks which mm -hmm. you know i don't think of any other social media management tool out there that could bring a new network online in that sort yeah. of time. That's a really, really tight deadline, but it's amazing how architecture. So, uh, so I want to talk more about the CEO side, CFO side of the duties you're doing right now with share with Marvin. But before we jump into that, would you be able to share uh, more about the tech stack you guys are using to develop the share with Marvin applications or no, you're more? Oh, we should have had Mike on for that one. <laughs> Definitely. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stray because I know that I'll get heckled by him. So okay. if you, I, I can set Mike up with a separate call if you want to go through the tech stack yeah. on there. You know, and you know, a, a very, very high level. Um, we've got a microservices architecture. We've got mm -hmm. uh, a React front end. Mm -hmm. um, trying to think what else we've got in there. We've we've invested really heavily. So we've got. Um, you know, it's built on AWS. It's built on. Um, we've got Graal VM in there, which mm -hmm. Mike can definitely tell you why we've got that in there. But I'm, um, you know, 
we this is this is definitely mike's bag so that's I'm all right that's that, that's fine I, I just thought you might have known and you know uh, listeners are always very um interested to know about which tech stack founders are using right now because they want to understand what is in the you know trending zone right now etc etc but definitely i'm gonna i'm gonna ask mike to come on and have a chat with me later at some point okay so let's move towards your ceo cfo side of the duties you mentioned that um you got a customer you started building the product now you have some uh 50-ish customers you have a big team what are the things you're trying to do in order to raise funds? Are you going to the venture capitalists or the investors directly? What are the strategies you're using right now? And how is your experience in terms of that? Um, so we've done a few things. So obviously we did the accelerator um, where we obviously met um, yeah. with Vantage. So we got involved in that. That obviously gave us a lot of insights into the sorts of things that we needed to do. So we mm -hmm. followed up on all of those actions uh, that came out through the different workshops. We consider ourselves to be investor ready, you know. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, we've got our uh, business plan, we've got our different models and things like that ready and available for um, the conversations down the line. In terms of reaching out, we've got sort of a two pronged attack at the moment that's going on. Um, mm -hmm. So we're working with um, a company called Hyman Capital who are leveraging their network and starting to uh, try and drum up some introductions for us um, mm -hmm. to, to go through that route. But we're also reaching out to angels in the space as well directly um, to to look at you know how they might want to come on board. Great. So great. That, that's, where we're, that's the focus of my uh, attentions at the moment, really trying to have more conversations in that space. Okay. And what about um are you are you using any outbound techniques or beating any investors directly one-to-one -one locally is that something in your pipeline to do so so we've had um a few chats with investors directly we tended to do them um over um google or zoom type calls because mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. i live out in the country and mike lives up north so actually getting in a room initially can be a little bit challenging especially if it's only yeah. for like half an hour and you know you've got to watch the pennies for the the rail costs and things like that yeah. um but it's it's really just doing the hard yards you know that's what we found we we get the feedback you know for example when we did the the pitch night with vantage we had a fantastic mm. chat afterwards with um one of the vcs that was there on the panel and she said i she was almost guilt sort of feeling guilty because she said you know we've done a wonderful job totally gets the problem she'd actually worked at um i think it was uber that she mm. said she'd worked at and she said you know uber having this type of problem themselves we've been you know different geographies and things like that so she said you know totally get the problem but it's not a space that we invest in so mm. like you know frustrating that you know we we can't sort of tap into those funds there so when we have the conversations people get it so mm. you know we're very confident that there are the right investors out there that want to help join us on this journey of, of you know helping businesses maximize their social media impact you know that's mm. that's the vision of what we're doing and everything that we're trying to do is is aligned with that yeah yeah and and how long it's been like since from you started developing developing the product until they is that like like a year span or a couple of years nine months 
Nine months, okay. And and nine, you have nine, recently... nine months from no code. From literally a standing start, nine months we've spent on okay. building that. And and your VC um approach is started just when you joined in Vantage. Uh yeah, so we've started reaching out um probably over the last few weeks, really. So we're very much mm -hmm. very, very early in that um sort of fundraising round uh and starting to build that out. You know, we're we're attractive to to investors we've got uh, seis and eis available um mm -hmm. so you know there's massive tax advantages to uh, coming and investing with us as well awesome awesome great stuff and you know i i love to go uh, more and more because i'm really enjoying this conversation because but we are limited with the time so before we head towards the end of the interview and jump into the lightning round i would like to know more about when you started working on the product obviously you have your co-founder mike with you did you faced any challenges did you actually had a moment you know that there must have been some valuable lessons learned if you don't mind sharing could you could you reflect on your experience and tell us about one mistake or a setback that you encountered and and along the way that you consider not really a regret, but like a lessons learned. And additionally, what advice would you give our listeners based on this experience? Um, probably our, our biggest challenge that we faced was actually getting the dev team in place at, mm -hmm. at the outset. Um, you know, we have we we have our own dev center through our other business, um, and we use our own resources. But the team that were coming on board to actually um, service that they were all working their notice periods so for about the i think it was about six or eight weeks at the start of development um we actually had to use freelancers for building the product out and mm. because you know there's so much chaos going on mike couldn't sit there on their shoulder and literally watch every line of code that they were doing yeah, yeah. and what we found is that a lot of the things that they built during those first few iterations weren't built in the way that we that our team now build them now that we've got our actual you know um in our team our in-house development team and that was probably the big learning for us that you know the the use of freelancers in that space that you know on paper look you know mike and i certainly are, are not green when it comes to hiring developers mm. um on they, they weren't at the level that our team now are at and you know that was the the thing that you know if you are starting out you really do have to be careful about who you're engaging with and make mm. sure that you're getting exactly what you want you know just just silly things like we had um we had one of the screens and it had been hard coded to only return 50 records mm. and you know we you're like well why is it being hard coded to 50 records we never asked for it to do that but it was built in that way because it was easier to do that so just frustrating things like that that you then have to unpick at your own cost and mm. when it's your own money that's going in there then that you know that's frustrating that you've got to rework things like that so that probably would be my biggest piece of advice that you know if you are looking to build anything out be very very careful um and have a chat with them you know we we you know right. mike and i will quite happily um chat with founders around the sorts of things that you can do you know we might even be able to help with our own development team if that was something that people were interested in 
Um, but you know, one of the we've we've had a few chats with sort of startup businesses through through our other business, and that's probably the scariest thing that you you don't know what you're going to get out of these development teams. So that mm. that probably would be my my biggest piece of advice. You know, be, be really really careful who you engage because um, it can be a very costly mistake down the road. Yeah, yeah, and and. This is not this is not first time. I've heard this advice even before when I interviewed other founders, and they always say that if the founders are not technical enough or uh, they needed some help for developing the overall product, it's always like three or four times of ten times they burn their hands with uh, free freelancers or offshore developer teams. And then eventually, after very hard work, lots of interviews, lots of you know conversations, they find the best fits. And then once they find the best fit for the company, for the for the organization, that's it. It's streamlined. It's you know flowing as per you know the architecture and everything. And and that's where the best product comes out in the market. So yeah, get, we, get we've really seen the benefits. You know, we we always plan to open our own dev center, um, mm. and getting the guys in that we've got. You know, they've all got significant enterprise experience. They know how big systems work and how they should be architected and what the expectations are. So even though we're a relatively small firm at the moment. We've got people that have worked at that enterprise level, so they, you know, they have the standards, they have the control, they have the rigor that you would expect um, that you need at that sort of level. But they they bring it in, and the, you know, that's just how we do business, and you know, it's definitely paying dividends for us. Great, great stuff. Right, so uh, we should wrap up now. You know, we are gonna go into our lightning round. I've got six quick fire questions for you, so just answer okay. them as as you can. Great, you ready? Yep, let's go okay. for it. What's one attribute or characteristic in your mind of a successful founder? Enthusiasm. That hmm. has to be because it's hard. You know, I, I describe myself as a cheerleader a lot of the hmm. time. You know, I've hmm. got pom poms, I've got the mini skirt, and, you know, I do rev up the team from time to time just because it's a slog and you know I, I think you've got to have somebody that is prepared to do that yeah totally agree totally agree what book would you recommend to our audience and why uh i would go for the lean startup mm. I, I think that's got some brilliant concepts in there uh, and some brilliant real life examples that you can really relate to. Um, yeah. So that that would be where I would go. And I, I think you know that that you know build test learn approach that is such a strong theme through that book. Um, you 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 have to live by it. Yeah. 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 I still remember by I think twenty twenty August or September I started with Lean Startup. And then I had an opportunity to hear or be in a, a webinar with the person who actually came up with the whole lean startup idea. It was a brilliant opportunity. So totally agree with that. Next question is, what's one of the best pieces of business advice you have received? People have lives. 
Don't don't ever forget that. You know, I, I can remember during the early part of my career, you know, really sort of pushing people hard. And somebody took me on one side and said, look, people have lives. You, you've got to remember that. They're, they're mm. people, you know, they have challenges, this sort of thing. And bringing that sort of human side into everything that you do, you know, if somebody's arsy with you in a meeting, they're probably having a bad day. They've probably got something going on at home or whatever. And you you can't sort of bear grudges. You've just got to say, well, people have lives and, you know, you yeah, hope yeah. you treat them the same way. You you have to you have to have an empathy towards your team as well as the customers and even yeah, other stakeholders. Everyone, everyone that you're engaging with, you know, there, there's always a life that's going behind everything. You know, mm. you know, even just simple things like, um, you know, paying invoices, for example. If you're a small business, the timing of when your invoices get paid by suppliers is, is absolutely crucial because mm-hmm. you're, you know, you don't have the massive reserves of cash to to sort of ride out the the things you know if you've got terms in there you kind of need them to hit when they hit um mm-hmm. so that you can manage the cash flow so you know remember that there are be- behind every you know founder that's out there for example they've you know they've got family to feed this sort of thing and it really matters definitely definitely what's your favorite personal productivity tool or habit um personally i i'm terrible with email so i i i tend to focus start of day and end of day looking at email and then mm. beyond that don't touch it mm-hmm. don't touch it during the day you know, you know my team know if they want me slack me phone me this sort of thing get me in that way because mm. if you're bothering me intraday you need an answer i don't want to be holding your job up yeah so so yeah that start and end of day um picking up emails is, is probably the biggest thing that i do Okay, great. What's a new or a crazy business idea you would love to pursue if you had all the money in the world and all the time available? Need my mirror board. Um, we've got about <laughs> we've got about twenty of them. Um, one of the ones that I don't think we'll end up building, so I will talk about, is um, a system called ShopNav that we've coined it. Uh, which is basically allowing customers to get the the cheapest version of their shopping. A bit like, you know, if you put a route in that you want to do via SatNav, mm. well, you give it a shopping list and it works out how to put all that on autopilot and get you to your shopping list for the cheapest way possible. So right. I I would like to build that, um, especially, you know, with um, sort of position of people's finances and things like that. But, um, you know, I've, don't see us getting to that anytime soon. So if anybody wants to um, ever take that on and build that, I would be most appreciative. Yeah, great, great. All right, so there's this is the last question. And this last question, it has a twist. This question is actually given to me by my last uh, interview, like the founder I interviewed. So basically, I'm going to ask you that question. And then I would like one question from you so that I can ask my next interview. So the question is, what's an interesting or a fun fact about you that most people don't know? If you don't want to answer that, you need to tell who is your favorite political party. <laughs> um, fun fact about me. Um, I know how to milk goats. So I okay. can actually, and I can hand milk. I, I live on a small holding. 
So mm -hmm. um, I don't have goats at the moment, but yeah, I, I can actually hand milk and something that I have sort of as a hidden skill. Yeah. Did, did you enjoy farming or do you have lots of animals in your farm? Is it like, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we've, we've got pigs, we've got chickens, we've got goats. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, sorry, not goats, ducks, I was going to say. Um, so, you know, we've, we've got a, a little small hole in the moment for the kids and you know, it's, it's a, it's a nice escape, um, from, from day to day. You know, get out awesome. There and pressure. Awesome. And, so what questions what question you would like to ask the next interview from your side um so i'm going to be cheeky and i'm going to ask them why aren't they using uh, marvin for their social media usage <laughs> okay uh and then if they don't want to answer this one then <laughs> they don't want to answer that one um what's the most embarrassing thing that's happened to you in business okay happen in business okay there you go that's gonna go into my next interview and the note is done great alex thank you so much for joining me and sharing your Thanks story and unpacking you know last year of building this business and some of the ups and downs along the way if people want to check out share with marvin um what's the best way to do that and how do folks reach out to you um, so in terms of checking out Share with Marvin, uh, we've got a couple of videos up on the uh, address that you can see below my name, so uh, sharewithmarvin.io. So if you go on there, uh, there's a free sign-up form as well. So uh, if you just enter your email, if you would like a free account, by all means, go in there and we can get that set up for you. Um, mm -hmm. In terms of contacting me, LinkedIn. So mm -hmm. you know, I don't think there's too many Alex Feltwells on LinkedIn. Um, mm -hmm. Just connect with me on there and uh happy to have a chat about anything awesome great and shout out to uh all of my network on linkedin that please register yourself on share with marvin it's an amazing tool you can get free until march is that correct and the end of march yeah. we're we're doing it at the moment march. we might extend it out but certainly till the end of march we we'll uh, provide uh, free access in there yeah you know you all can save tons of money for that it's amazing thank you very much for joining us today and sharing your inspiring journey and the impactful work you're do, uh, doing with Sherwood Marin. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on Founders Podcast. Cheers, Ash. Take care. Thank you all for tuning into the episode of Founders Podcast. I hope you found our conversation with Alex insightful and uh, inspiring. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and stay updated on future interviews with proven founders and industry experts. Stay inspired, stay motivated, and keep building.